Hello, hello, and welcome to Decaf on this bright, sunny Tennessee morning, finally. I know that Justin and I are very susceptible to the moods of the weather, and it affects our own moods, and I just have to say that this morning, waking up to the sun, I am bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, and ready to party. How, other than the allergies, how you feeling, Justin? Yeah, I've got to take allergy meds now every day, which sucks, but it means that it's spring. And that's great. Well, I guess, you know, have you seen the there are actually 12 seasons in Tennessee <laughs> yes. uh, meme? So I think we're in um, not fall spring. I think we're in the spring of deception. Then we'll have one more fourth winter and then we will have the pollening, which is when things are going to get really bad. It's when Justin and I take sick days. Um, you take them more than I do, but I can't handle the pressure in my head during that. Um, I, it is going to get cold again this weekend, and I am still holding out for a snow day. We didn't really get one this year, but we when didn't. the blizzard of when the blizzard of '93 happened, where my parents had to store my baby formula in the snow outside because we had no power, I do know that that was in March in Alabama. So I'm still hoping for a little bit of extra snow. Um, Justin, it's been a while since you've been on the podcast. How's life been? I never get invited on the podcast anymore. It's my first of 2023. Maybe my yes. first since like 2021. I don't know how long it's been. But now you have the fancy microphone like we all have. And so you'll and be invited back. And the headphones. Is, uh, it's, it's kind of weird to me, but I'm rolling with I it. I know. You got our flashy new setup, which means that I can edit edit out sound bites if I don't like something that you say. And that's <laughs> why we got it, was so I could censor Mark. And now it's just available for me to censor all the men in the office if I need to. It may um, be a very silent show now. It may be a very silent show, and that's how I like it. Um, let's dig right into something that Nashville did earlier last year, but it went into effect this year, was a almost universal smoking ban. It doesn't apply to hookah bars or cigar bars, but anywhere traditional bars that are 21 and up, there is a universal smoking ban in Nashville. I have so many thoughts about this. I'll deliver some of mine, then Justin, I'll let you say some of yours. But my first, my very first thought is, I don't really care personally about smoking versus not smoking because I have free choice. If I want to go to a dive bar and accept the fact that I'm going to have to wash my hair the next day because people are smoking in there, that is my choice. If I want to go to a fancy cocktail bar and know that I'm going to get a $15 martini and it's not going to smell like smoke, also my choice. I have massive issues, and Mark and I talked about this years ago when we talked about the flavored vape pods on the podcast and how the FDA was banning those to try to keep kids out of it. Again. We all have free choice. And when the state, or in this case, the city, gets into saying, well, this is a this is a health benefit, but people can still smoke in their homes. They can still smoke on the street outside. You're, you're making a really arbitrary regulation here. And everyone knows how I feel about musicians. And so the fact that it was musicians for a smoke-free Nashville were saying, we don't want to play in bars where, where it's smoky. Again, musicians, you guys got free choice. You can play at another bar. You don't have to play at the bars that are smoking. If Santa's Karaoke Pub can have people going in and singing karaoke in a smoke-filled pub, I'm not as concerned about the health of your voice when you choose to play in a smoking bar. Justin, I don't know if you differ an opinion from me on that, but if you do, let's hear it. Let's talk about it. I don't. I mean, I completely agree. You, There are options. It's not like every bar in the city is smoking. In fact, the vast majority are not. So, in fact, you have all kinds of options if you don't want smoking. Um, 
And if you want smoking, you should have that option because it's free choice and it's an American tradition, right? And so, um, you know, it it is very much nanny statism. We see this in all kinds of ways. We certainly saw it during COVID, people pushing their beliefs and values onto other people. And it's unfortunate because it's not just a principle thing. It's not just, well, you should be able to go into a bar and smoke if you choose. There are going to be bars that hurt. In fact, Midtown uh, Brew House, House Midtown is already closed. closed. Done. Yeah. And, and so there will be other bars that are, are harmed as a result. And so, again, we got to look at this about uh, from the, through the lens of those that it impacts and through the lens of good public policy versus bad public policy. And there are going to be ramifications, unfortunately, just like there are ramifications when the government was uh, imposing its values on people during COVID. Even though restaurants and bars and other establishments could be open safely, they didn't allow them to do so. And many of them uh, closed forever as a result. And there's going to be a similar impact here, unfortunately. Well, what's so frustrating to me also is every single road in Nashville has potholes big enough to flatten your tires. We have massive issues that need to be fixed. Homelessness still a problem. There are so many things that need to be fixed. And yet our city council loves to take a stand on something that makes them look like the good guy. Whether that's, we wrote about one instance in the pork report last year of them giving a $500,000 grant to Planned Parenthood and taking money out of the police budget, the library budget, the park budget, and all these other budgets to do it. We still got a road issue when we did our listing tour all over Tennessee. So many people talked about infrastructure problems. And instead of like just getting in there and dealing with a lot of the issues we have, we're going to, we're going to stand and say, we cured smoking in Nashville. That's not good enough. Like people are, people often say, elected officials often say, I'm doing my best. I'm out here doing my best. If that's your best, that's not good enough. I, I just can't, I, I, I don't understand it. I don't understand why this is the thing that they chose to plant their flag in and not something that actually would affect more than just the, you know, five bars in Nashville that still allow smoking. And you mentioned something interesting, Justin. People complain about the new Nashville. As a Nashville resident for a long time, talk about that for a second. People complain about new Nashville and these these fancy schmancy cocktail bars. But the dive bars are what made Nashville Nashville. I remember the first time I came, my friends took me to dive bars that were smoking bars. And you got a PBR or a Miller Lite and you sat and listened to good music. And now all those things are going away because of the government. Yeah, this is the government, right? People complain about developers. They complain about the growth, uh, turning you know music venues into apartment complexes. Yet here the government is doing the exact same thing. They are ruining old Nashville uh, by imposing, uh, you know, their virtue signaling on people. So look, you know, that we need to place the blame where it lies. And in this case, it, it lies with the local government. Um, it lies with the government uh, making these decisions. And ultimately, at the end of the day, if we want to fix Nashville, we need to get back to the basics. We need to fill potholes. We need to fix crime. We need to actually ensure that trash is getting picked up, which has been a problem in the city. Let's just get government back to the basics and do the things it should be doing. Then they won't have time to do all of the things that they should not be doing. Yes. 
idle hands are the devil's playground. Y'all, y'all need to, y'all need to start filling those potholes, picking up that trash, so that you're not worried about smoking in bars. I could talk about this forever. We won't. But if you got thoughts, drop them in. Um, let's talk about something that Justin knows a lot. Maybe he would say way too much about. For those of you who don't know, and we're not listening in November, Justin really alongside um, a couple of his buddies, one from NFIB and one from the Chamber of Commerce, led the charge to get right to work put in the state constitution. This man here with me today knows more about right to work on the state level than maybe anyone else that I know other than like, I don't know, Scott Walker back in the day when he when he signed it into law in the wee hours of the night that one night. So Tennessee is a right to work state forever. And as soon as we did it, we started seeing things from other states because the federal government's attacking right to work. If you've been living under a rock, the federal government's attacking right to work. They don't, they don't want states to be right to work states. Huge bummer. That's why we did what we did, putting it in the Constitution. Justin, you got an interesting text like the day after the election from a friend in another state, and they're looking at banning right to work. Talk to us about the implications of what we did as you're seeing it from everywhere else. Yeah, we got a lot of criticism from opponents of right to work and others who are in some cases even ambivalent and going, well, why do we need this? Why do we need to put right to work in the Constitution? Tennessee's been a right to work state uh, since the 1940s. And we said, look, you know, as you mentioned, the federal government um, is coming after it twice past the, the U.S. Congress on the House side to ban right to work. President Biden has called for banning right to work. Uh, and so we knew that there were threats against it, but it wasn't until the day after election day that it really became crystal clear about how important this was. So we passed uh, right to work on the ballot, passed 70 percent of the vote, passed in all 95 counties, which I'm very proud about. Uh, Heck yeah. the, ne the next morning uh, after the Democrats actually won uh, the majority of both the House and Senate in M Michigan and now have a trifecta, they have both uh, the House mm -hmm. and Senate and uh, the governor's mansion, they came out and said, we're making repealing right to work in Michigan one of our top priorities. Just this week, uh, the House in Michigan is voting uh, to repeal right to work. And so here you've got a state that has been right to work since 2012. Our friends wow. at the Mackinac Center in Michigan led the charge on that. And because of the political winds changing, it's under significant threat. And all they have to do is pass it by a simple majority vote of the legislature and signed by the governor and it goes away. And so we knew that's not going to happen in Tennessee anytime soon. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Republican majority the governor uh, was our, our state chairman yeah. of the right to work. Big campaign. deal, big deal, big, <laughs> big supporter of right to work. Our legislative leadership is, is very supportive, but the political winds change. Times change. Demographics change. Mm -hmm. We didn't want to look back 20 years from now and say, man, we should have done this when we had the chance. And if, because we didn't, we wind up like Michigan having to fight uh, to defend a right to work law from being repealed. And so because we took the extra step to put it in the Constitution, it would take another constitutional amendment, which takes at least four years. It's a long, drawn out process. It's a long process, you guys. <laughs> and I know, I know that firsthand, having yes. uh, been, been part of it from day one. Um, but it was extraordinarily important for us to take the time to do that because now that right is protected, uh, as you said, forever in Tennessee, or at least forever. until somebody's able to go through the process to re-amend the Constitution to take it away, which I would argue probably would never happen. 
I don't foresee that happening anytime. I mean, based on the polling that y'all did on the Right to Work Committee, the polling that Beacon did early on, people in Tennessee love Right to Work. They love the idea of worker freedom. And now, because of the messaging that all of us did during this whole campaign, people know what Right to Work is, and it doesn't make sense. Even I, I remember, Justin, you telling me that one of the largest unions in Tennessee even did a call ahead of the election saying, are you guys going to vote for this or not? And all these union members are like, well, yeah. I mean, uh, people yeah, love there's right tweet, to work. There's a tweet that the AFL-CIO, which is one of our largest unions in the state, polled its members to see how they were going to vote on it. And 58% of them said that they were going to vote for it. Same in Michigan. Uh, the Mackinac Center has done polling showing that union households support right to work. This is not... Uh, union versus non-union. It's really about worker freedom and allowing workers to get to decide whether they want to join a union. And those union members know the right to work benefits them just as much as it benefits the guy next to them on the, the plant assembly line who doesn't want to join a union. So it really is about worker freedom. I think we saw that with 70% of the vote. We saw that with even cities or counties like Davidson County here in Nashville and Shelby County uh, voting overwhelmingly in support of this amendment. It's all about free choice. That's what we always talk about at Beacon. I think that's what a lot of our, almost all of our policies get down to, whether it's healthcare, education, taxes, labor, government oversight, any of that. Every single policy that we work on all comes down to free choice. We just want people to be able to choose whether you join a union or not, whether you send your kid to a public school or not, whether you go to a doctor in your backyard or somewhere an hour away, whether you go see a doctor in person or FaceTime them on the phone. Whatever it is, we're, we're just about free choice around here. And I think that the right to work vote showed more than anything, it, it the vote, the statewide vote was better than any polling we could have done because it overwhelmingly showed that Tennesseans also support choice when it comes to their workplace or whatever they prefer. So um, anyone who's still doubting out there why we did this, look at Michigan and you will see why we did this. And we're going to keep promoting worker freedom through, I don't know, Justin, talk about some of the things we need to do now that we're protected. What, what's next? Yeah, there's even some legislation uh, this session that Beacon Impact, our advocacy partner, is working on um, that we're paying close attention to. Things like uh, getting rid of dues deductions for uh, for, uh -huh. for teachers' unions. So the teachers' unions benefit from local governments literally collecting their dues out of teachers' paychecks for them. Oh. So to his credit, the governor proposed uh, teacher pay raises this year and said as part of that, we're going to make sure that teachers get to keep their money. So we're going to ban this practice where local governments, the school boards, uh, the school districts are taking a portion of that to give it to uh, the teachers union, which is not only the, the local and state teachers union, but goes up to the NEA, which is one of the most radical union organizations in the state. Uh, wow. They support banning right to work themselves. They support, of course. Um, you know, things that most teachers don't agree with, increased taxes, income taxes, things that we don't support here in Tennessee. And so ultimately, the goal of this is not only uh, from the governor's standpoint to give teachers raises, but to actually protect their uh, their pocketbook and their ability to keep that money rather than it going straight to the union or a portion of it going straight to the union. So that's an interesting uh, piece of worker freedom that's being debated in the legislature right now. And then another, uh, back on the private sector side, uh, right to work is extraordinarily important, but 
if we don't protect the secret ballot when workplaces actually unionize, then it doesn't mean a lot. And so that <laughs> right. there's, a, there's a discussion right now about uh, what's called card check. And ultimately, union bosses go around and say, sign this card so that you know that we need to have a union vote. And then they'll take those cards to uh, the management and say, look, we've got a majority of workers have signed cards. Well, when you're forced to sign something or you're told to sign something out in the light of day, that's a problem. You can be bullied. We've seen all kinds of intimidation tactics used under this process. So what we're saying is that uh, as a state, the state policy will be if you want to take incentives from state government, you have to protect the secret ballot of union workers. And when you have a union vote, it has to be held in secret, not by card check. That legislation um, is moving along in the legislature, too. So there are two pieces of worker freedom um, legislation and policy that come on the heels of placing right to work in the state constitution. And, and two that I think um, could very well pass the legislature this year. If I've said it once, I've said it a million times. I think our collective dream at Beacon is that we are obsolete, that we are not needed. We would love to live in a state where no days. one needs us. One of these days, we will kick up our heels and say, we don't have jobs. That's a really good thing. But as you can see, it never rests. We protected right to work, but there are still so many worker protections that we need to put in place. We institute it. We have charter schools in Tennessee. We have the ESA program in a couple counties, but there are still so many more things that need to be put in place. We would love it. We would love to see a day where we don't have jobs because that would mean that Tennessee is the freest place to live, but there's still so much more to be done. So if you see something going on in your workplace that you don't like, call me. If you want to send your kid to a school that you can't access, call me. If you need health care that you can't access, call me. We want to know what's going on so that we can fix it all and kick up our heels at the end of the day with an old fashioned and say, and by the end of the day, I mean like when we retire, and kick up <laughs> our heels and say, no one needs us anymore because Tennessee is the freest state in the country. That's the goal. That's the dream. And that's the end that we're working toward. Really nothing else. That's the end that we're working toward is not needing to exist. Um, and that'll be that'll be a beautiful day. I hope we see it in our lifetimes. Um, speaking of seeing things in our lifetimes, a lot of you may know, a lot of you may not know, Justin is one of the most rabid Braves fans I know. And that's coming from a rabid Braves fan. <laughs> and um, one of the things I love about Justin and Kara is that they love to travel. They go all over the place. Y'all, where are y'all going in a couple of weeks or in May? What's this year's in May? Trip? We're going to Italy. Yeah, okay, Italy this year. So it's our first uh, our trip, first trip back to Italy in a decade, which is really okay. exciting. That's incredible. Y'all are y'all are all about checking places off your list. Another thing that y'all love to check off your list is stadiums. So let's talk about let's first talk about where you're going this year, and then talk about what we see as the future of the Braves. And if you don't like the Braves, you can fast forward for a second, but you're going to want to hear us talk about it because I am still in the morning season of Dansby. So where are you going this year, Justin? What, where are you going to go see our Bravos play this year? Well, we'll first see them play uh, in Atlanta opening weekend. So mm -hmm. we're headed down to Atlanta in about a month from now. I, I think know. literally a month. I think it's April 8th is, is the game we're going to, which I love April baseball in Atlanta. When you go in July and August, oh I think that going back to that list of the 12 seasons, uh, I think it's called Hell's Front Porch. It is um, Hell's Front Porch. It's horrible. It's terrible. Uh, but, you know, April and October are mm -hmm. the best times to be watching baseball because it's nice and crisp out. 
very excited about going to Atlanta opening weekend for the Bravos. Uh, but then we're actually going to, I have a trip to California uh, this summer. So uh, Kara is going to fly out and join me and we're going to go to Dodger Stadium. So that's the so oldest stadium we haven't been to yet. So we did old Yankee Stadium not long after we, like the weekend we met, we actually went to a game at old Yankee oh Stadium. Oh my gosh. Uh, we've done Fenway and we've done Wrigley. The next oldest stadium in baseball is Dodger Stadium. So I get to go there and get to see Freddie Freeman play. Um, unfortunately, not for the Braves, but I'm excited about that. And yeah. then our state policy network annual meeting this year is in Chicago. So we're going to go back to a, a game at, at uh, Wrigley Field. There's literally no better place to watch a baseball wow. game than Wrigley Field. Drinking a beer, eating a hot dog. It's literally heaven on earth. So I'm very excited about that. Yeah, buy me a ticket for that. I'll Venmo Kara. I got. I got to go to Wrigley you Field. Go with us. Yes, I. I love third wheeling Justin and Kara at baseball games. It really is like a hobby of mine now at this point. After we, <laughs> after we went to the playoffs and we went in Atlanta this year, I'm. I'm all about it. I've never been to Wrigley Field. I've walked around it. Oh. Um. I've just never been in. So I would we'll make absolutely that happen. Love yes, we got to make that happen. I'm so pumped. Um. Well, Dansby is now in Chicago, so while we're in Chicago, I will be on Dansby Watch. I am so devastated about that. Um, I still have my Dansby car air freshener hanging. It doesn't smell anymore. Um, one of my friends bought it for me for my birthday this year. It still is with me. Dansby goes before me everywhere I go, which is probably like blasphemous in some way because people hang those like angel and saint things from their yeah. mirror to say the same thing. But I just have to have Dansby with me. His smile makes me smile, even though he's no longer a beloved Bravo. Um, how do you see this season shaping up, Justin? There were a lot of big moves in the off season, but... I'm honestly kind of pumped. I think we're going to be pretty good this year. Yeah, the Braves didn't have a big offseason. Didn't make you know a lot of splashes, trades, or big signings like other people did. Everybody else uh, did. <laughs> everybody else did. But we still are going to field one of the best teams in baseball. We've got uh -huh. great veterans that are coming back. Uh, and then we've got some really solid young talent, too. Uh, so I'm actually looking forward to it. I know... Uh, I'm not a Dansby hater, but I, I understand why the Braves let him go and moved on. And Vaughn Grissom's got real opportunity to, to fill his shoes over the next couple of years. So I think we can make a deep run. I would put money uh, on, on the Braves winning the World Series. I'm probably not because I'm not a superstitious person except for baseball. Mm -hmm. And I worry yes. that if I put money on them, then it won't happen. So um, I, I'm... I'm pretty excited about it, though. I think I'm the kiss of death for all of my teams because every <laughs> time I put money on a team or, like, a golfer in the Masters, golfer doesn't make the cut. Team doesn't make the playoffs. I personally am the kiss of death, so I'm not going to bet on the Braves this year, but I'm going to tell everyone else who is a little bit luckier than I am that they should to see them through to the end and then make them buy me a drink in exchange for my sage advice. <laughs> um, before we go, Justin and I um, – well, I think it's a universal truth that everybody does dumb things, especially when their brains are so full of things that they can't really focus. For me, my dumb things happen when I'm listening to the city council or the legislature because I'm trying to focus 
but also a lot of the stuff they're saying makes my brain melt. And then I just, my motor skills just fail. Um, <laughs> the dumb thing that I did this week is not nearly as dumb as Justin's thing. I'm probably going to get fired after this episode, I feel like, but I'm just letting her rip. The dumb thing that I did this week was I was listening to the legislature. There were a lot of things being said that not only did I not agree with, but I quite frankly just didn't understand. And I do this thing where I make a cup of coffee. I set it down on the table and then I never drink it. And then I microwave it and I take a few sips and then I set it down on the table. And then I do that a few times until the coffee's empty. It's just what I do. My coffee lasts two hours. I went in the kitchen the other day, legislature blaring in my ear. I had a cup of water and a coffee cup. I opened the microwave, put the water in, pushed the 30 seconds button, started walking around, came back and the water was hot and the coffee was cold. That... <laughs> I, I do know that I need help. I know I need help. People are probably going to say you have ADHD. Who's to say? I know that I need help. But sometimes people do dumb things. Justin, what's the dumb thing you did this week? <laughs> yeah, so I <laughs> similarly, I think I was literally listening to uh, a committee hearing and I uh -huh. picked up my phone and I was about to make a phone call and I didn't have the number. So I like, had the number written down. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't even remember who it was I was trying to call. And I open up my app and start typing it in and there are commas in between every three numbers. And I'm like, when did that, when did they start putting commas in the phone section? Like that doesn't make any sense. And I realized I was in the calculator app. Yep. <laughs> yep. Hi. So I was trying to make a phone call in the calculator app. If the legislature does nothing else successfully this year, one successful thing they've done is they have made our brains melt. And so, like, good job, guys. Um, that is one one successful thing that they have done this year. Well, Justin, and to everyone else listening, I wish you no dumb moments until we meet again. Um, things happen. You got any final thoughts before we sign off for the day other than go bravos and keep the chop alive? Go Braves, and I look forward to seeing everybody again in 2025 when I'm next invited onto the podcast. Hey, you said 2025. I would have said 2024, but 2025 it is. <laughs> Guys, <laughs> thanks for listening to Decaf. This has been a production of the Beacon Center of Tennessee. Subscribe to Decaf on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. We'll talk to you.